Bob Garino here, also known as Reggie Van Gearshift. Uh, welcome to the part two of my, uh, my story. This is one of the stories coming out of a book I wrote, published last year, titled uh, Let Me Sell You a Ferrari. It was published by uh, McFarlane & Company out of North Carolina, a tremendous company to do business with. The manuscript was a little too long, they said. You know, they had to be able to sell it at a reasonable price. So we had to cut out some of the stories. Uh, we had to abbreviate others. So the whole idea of this broadcast, this series of broadcasts, is kind of fill up some of the blanks that would happen on these adventures and these trips uh, and these races, of course. This particular story, part two, I'm in Italy. This was my first trip to the factory in Marinello. And I had gone there to, um, well, to see the factory, but also to check up on a special order car that we had submitted for one of our customers. It was a 365 GT 2 Plus 2, a car that had been introduced to the Paris Auto Show in 1967, went into production not long after that. And at some point, Luigi Canetti, the U.S. importer for Ferrari, had requested to the factory that they make six versions of this car with an automatic transmission. Certainly unusual in that time period. We had a customer, I had a business auto house in Cohasset, Mass. We were a Ferrari dealer for many years. We had a customer that said to us, he said, Bob, if Ferrari ever makes an automatic, let me know because I'd like to get one. And I said, I doubt that's ever going to happen. Well, I was proved wrong. So we ordered the car and I had gone to check on it. And you take a look at part one and it'll fill in what actually happened there. So from Marinello, I was visiting some relatives in Torino. I was driving a BMW 2800 Coupe. We were BMW dealers, had picked it up in Munich. And um, from Torino, I was going to central Spain, to Madrid, and to the, and to the Grand Prix, the, the Spanish Grand Prix in Arama. It was the second race of the season. So I drove, uh, drove through Barcelona, got to Madrid, met some friends over there that I had been introduced to. And then the race started, um, I think, on the 17th, and that was, uh, it started late, of course. Well, at Spain, everything's late. You, you ate late, you got up late, you went to bed late. The race started late. So I got there, and Jackie X was driving for Ferrari. He was the only car that was entered, the only driver. And it was the new 312B, B standing for boxer, boxer engine. It had been um, raced at Kialami in South Africa, the first race of the season, lost a clutch, so we didn't finish, but the car was performing pretty well. Well, amongst the starters, there were some 17 starters with some pretty impressive names in cars. There was Jackie Stewart, there was Graham Hill, there was Jack Brabham, Bruce McLaren, John Surtees, Jochen Rindt, Mario Andretti, and a lot of these people went on to become world champions. Tragically, some of the people that were in that race also died later on in the season. Um, the race started, and I think uh, Jackie X was sixth or seventh on the grid. A lot of Spanish going through the loudspeakers. My Spanish wasn't that good. The race started. They all zoomed around, disappeared through the series of S's, and suddenly there was this huge plume of smoke that you could see. We didn't know what had happened. There's all this, this, this yelling through the, through the loudspeakers again in Spanish. Well, the cars came around, and uh, Jackie X was not one of them. There had been an accident. He had been hit by a Jackie Oliver driving, driving a BRM, British Motor Works car. He lost um, the suspension, something in the suspension failed in all of his car, and he uh, lost control of it and broadsided. He T-boned uh, Jackie X. Both cars burst into flames. They had magnesium alloys as part of the construction, so it, it was a really difficult 
was a difficult scene. Fortunately, both drivers escaped with Jackie had some minor burns. His, his Nomex racing suit really saved him. And Oliver was, uh, was really unhurt. Well, so that was the end of Ferrari for that race. So the race continued, and it seemed like every other lap there was a, um, there was a car missing. So it started with 17 cars. They ended up with five. That was the finish. So it was disappointing for Ferrari, uh, but they would come back later in the season, certainly. So um, from there, I was, uh, my, my ultimate destination was Algeciras, which is a Spanish port opposite Gibraltar on the Mediterranean. And I was going there because I was going to bring myself and my car back uh, on the Raffaello, the Italian line. I love ocean travel. I hadn't done too much of it, but it, it was sort of in my blood. And it was interesting to, to bring your own car back on the ship because it, uh, it guaranteed that the car was going to get there with you. You'd have a car. And also, it was considered part of the baggage, so it was a pretty reasonable um, fee to, 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 to have your car go with you. Uh, if you just shipped the car separately from Europe, you didn't know how long it was going to take. It could take three or four weeks. It could take two or three months. Well, when was it coming? No, nobody really knew. I mean, there was the, the Italian line had a desk at the, at the hotel, the Regina Christina, great old hotel in, in the port. And, I, uh, and um, it will be here. It's supposed to be in this afternoon. Oh, okay. As I'm waiting for it, I'm thinking to myself, so I said to the man, well, you know, I have a car. He says, yes, of course, Mr. Guino, you know me. I said, well, how, you know, if it was the Gibraltar, the car could just drive on the ship, but because the Raffaello was too big to come to the port, we were all gonna go up with a launch. I said, so how is the car gonna get there? He said, oh, don't worry, it, 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 we'll, we'll get it out there. Some, I'm thinking to myself, some sort of conveyance. Well, the other thing that happened is I realized that I had no insurance on the car. Once it left the port and it was on some conveyance going out to the ship, it was, it was there was no Raffaello insurance. There was no BMW insurance. So they arranged to get me a short, a very short policy for like 300 yards. The ship didn't arrive at four, didn't arrive at six, didn't arrive at eight o'clock. Everybody said, where's the ship? And then he disappears, the concierge, and um, for, for the Italian line. Finally, everybody decides they're going to eat. You know, maybe the ship will be here tomorrow. So we ate. Everybody went to bed. About 2 o'clock in the morning, there's this banging on the door. And Mr. Gordon, Mr. Gordon, you, you, the ship is here. You have to, you have to come out. So every, everybody just was in their, in their night clothes and pajamas or whatever. And uh, we all boarded this launch. It was maybe 25 or 30 of us. And you can see the Raffaello went in the, in the harbor all brightly lit. They said, no, you'll just go right to your stateroom. Everything will be fine. I think to myself, what about the car? And as we're taking the launch out there, um, we passed what I can only describe as a raft. It looked like something Tom, Tom Sawyer had made. And on this raft was the BMW kind of bobbing its way out to the Raffaello. And, uh, as we approached the ship, one of the passengers said, I know what the problem with these Italians are. They're still using, they're still using Christopher Columbus's compass. And with that, everybody burst into laughter. The delightful trip across the Atlantic, got to New York, headed back to Cohasset, south, southeastern Massachusetts. The BMW only knew how to go fast. It had been brought up in Europe, so it was having a difficult time with the Connecticut Turnpike, but eventually we made it back. And I got back to the dealership, and who's there waiting for me but my customer, Ray Remick, who had, who had ordered the automatic car. He says, what does it look like? I had sent him a postcard from Italy. And uh, he said, how is that? I said, well, I didn't see the car, but it, it's going to happen. He said, well, when are we going to see it? And I said, I'm not sure, hopefully soon. And, uh, and with that, he went away. So, with all things Italian, 
Three weeks later, I had a call from Dick Fritz at, at Kennedy Motors in Greenwich. The car had arrived. It, had, it was there. So why? How did it happen? So sometimes maybe a personal involvement accelerates those things. I didn't really know. But Dick Fritz says, it's here. He said, there's only one thing. And I said, uh, okay, uh, well, I'm thinking to myself, what, what is it, a standard shift, not an automatic? And he said, no, 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 it, it, it's not green with green leather. It's, um, it, it's gray with black leather. I said to myself, well, I won't tell you what I said to myself. I said, okay. So I called my customer and he said, oh, that's fine. I don't care. I mean, it's, it's good. I said, well, let's, let's go down. We can go down next week and pick it up. He said, no, I, I don't want to go. You, you go. That, that would be fine. So I went to, um, took the train from, from, from Boston to, uh, to Greenwich and, and then got to see Kennedy's. Uh, it, was, it was a little bit bigger than Auto House. It was a bigger facility. A lot of Ferraris on the, on the showroom floor was a 365P. It was a, it was a mid-engine car. Um, it, it, it had a center steering wheel and the passengers were one on each side. It was really an unusual car. Quite striking looking though, quite beautiful. There was also an ASA, a uh, small, small four-cylinder, one-liter car that stories where Ferrari was going to be involved in this and maybe have a cheaper Ferrari. And uh, uh, I met Dick Fritz, I met Evo Brillo, another manager, I met Luigi Canetti. We said a few words and he had papers and met his son Coco, who, who was running art, the North American racing team. The whole place was sort of a controlled chaos going on there. Lots of people running around speaking English, Italian. Everything. Cars, cars waiting to be serviced, cars waiting to be delivered, cars, cars just waiting for who knew how long. But anyway, there was the car. There was the 365, and it was beautiful. The paint was pretty good on it. That's, that was, they were getting better at that. So, um, so we talked, and, and I gave him the check and, and uh, took the car. Well, um, it was an automatic, like I said, Buick turbine, GM turbine, 400 maybe. Uh, and it was fast. It was big, as I knew, and it uh, had it was modern. It had power steering, had air conditioning, had self-leveling rear suspension. So you would give the car um, full throttle, which, which I did. It would go up to the red line, and then the, the, um, the tack would drop down at the beginning of the torque curve, and it was just put you back in the seat. It was fast. It was a fast car. It was beautiful. So we go back to Cohasset, and uh, who was waiting for me, of course, but Mr. Bremen. Uh, he loved the car. He was a very, very happy customer. And I was a very, very happy dealer. 